guys, it's Tim, and this is Pro Wrestling Unlimited, as we are here on the, what's today's day, 30th of May, 2022, to talk about everything that went down to, or actually, I'm still thinking double or nothing from last night, I'm still in review mode, no, we're here, it's May, May 30th, it's Monday, and we're talking the wrestling wrap-up, a handful of news brought to you in one Easy to watch video. I kind of got like three things going on at once and something's not working right and this and that. So a little flustered, but we'll figure it all out. But again, this is the wrestling wrap up. We're bringing you a bunch of new stories in one easy to watch video. Today, we'll be talking about all the fallout from Double or Nothing. What the heck went down with MJF this weekend? Rock's daughter got a new WWE name and kind of clapped back on Twitter about it. Some new people signed with AEW, and more. But with that, I want to say thank you for joining me here. Twitch.tv forward slash PWUnlimited. Remember, the wrestling wrap-up will now be exclusively only on Twitch for you guys to see, and then it will go up on YouTube following that. So after we are done with the live stream on Twitch, I will then make it accessible over on YouTube if you guys do not want to watch live on Twitch. And also remember... That all of our podcasts do go up on all major podcast platforms like Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Pods, Google Pods, Anchor.fm, and so much, so much more once we are done with the live video version as well. But if you are watching on Twitch, you can help us out a couple of different ways. You can help us out by hitting that donate button down below or by donating Twitch bits in the live chat. Also remember, you can help us out by subscribing to the channel one of two different ways. You can either subscribe with a tiered subscription, just like Cold Cuts KC recently did for 16 months, or or you can subscribe with Amazon Prime. If you're already paying old Jeff Bezos for Amazon Prime, then you take that Amazon Prime account, you take that Twitch account, you link them together, bada bing, bada boom, you're Prime Gaming. Prime Gaming gives you a lot of cool things like free games, free stuff for games, and it always gives you one free subscription to any Twitch channel you want to subscribe to throughout the month. And I greatly appreciate it if you subscribed right here, Pro Wrestling Unlimited. Also remember, if you want to be a, I guess you could say, channel member on YouTube or a Patreon subscriber, you could subscribe as well by either hitting the join button on YouTube or subscribing at patreon.com forward slash Unlimited. In doing so, you get early access to news, early access to podcast episodes, early access to non-news videos, and so much more right now for tier two and above subscribers, either on YouTube or Patreon, you will be getting, well, actually you won't be getting, you will get, it's ready up, our double or nothing graphics package, all the Photoshop files you will need to use our 2022 Photoshop, our double or nothing graphics package. This week, we will also be putting out our uh, WWE Hell in a Cell graphics package. And the cool thing about that one is you will be getting not just the Photoshop files, but because I did most of those graphics in After Effects, and the Photoshop file is basically just for the background, you will also be getting the After Effects file for that as well. So that is something that we do that, well, nobody else does. There's no other wrestling news channel like us that does stuff like that. We create all our own graphics, and then... We give it to you guys, our loyal subscribers, to use yourself. Where are you going to get that? You can't get that from anyone else. You can't get that from all the others. No. They ain't giving you stuff that you can actually use and possibly 
monetize and make money off of. No, they're not. They're just giving you news. We give you more than just news over at patreon.com forward slash PW Unlimited. And finally, head over to the Epic Game Store. Head over to the Epic Game Store and buy something, whether that's a new game, whether that's a free game, whether that's an old game or bucks for Rocket League, Fortnite, or Fall Guys. It'll ask you at checkout if you have a creator code, and you do. It's PW Unlimited. Use creator code PW Unlimited on the Epic Game Store or in Fortnite, Rocket League, and Fall Guys to support us right here, Pro Wrestling Unlimited. Also, this podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, but we'll talk about that a little bit later. First thing we got to talk about is the overarching big story of the weekend. What the hell went down with MJF? So Saturday, AEW did their fan fest. AEW had the fan fest. There's some stuff there where they did a BTE, actually two BTE title matches. They did meet and greets. They did stuff with the action figures. And one of the meet and greets was, well, MJF. People were in line for the MJF meet and greet, and security started telling them, uh, he's not here and not answering phone calls, so this meet and greet isn't happening. They ended up either refunding people's money or letting them go into somebody else's line to meet a different wrestler. We learned, you know, MJF no-showed. It wasn't no miscommunication. He was late, this and that. And so he no-shows. And I'm trying to, you know, get everything chronologically how we rem- how it all happened. He no-shows. And everyone's like, what the hell's going on? No one knows what's going on. There's a lot of misconception, a lot of misreporting quickly. Like a lot of people were wrong on things very quickly. And so we then learn from a report from Fightful, a plane ticket has been purchased for MJF to fly across the country to leave Las Vegas. PW Insider then confirms that, stating that it is a flight to Newark, New Jersey, which is interesting because apparently Newark is not the airport MJF would fly into if he lives in Long Island. Because both Dave Meltzer and Brian Alvarez are very skeptical of this whole uh, plane ticket was bought. Because MJF never got on a plane. MJF never left Vegas. And so, you know, both Fightful and PW Insider said that there was a plane ticket purchased. But he never left Vegas. Wrestling Observer guys, Meltzer and Brian Alvarez. Dave Meltzer, that is. And Brian Alvarez both said that they don't think a plane ticket was ever purchased. Why? Basically... Dave Meltzer said, why would MJF purchase a ticket to go to Newark if that's not even anywhere near where Long Island and where he would fly into? He would fly into JFK. They were very skeptical on that, but then Sean Ross Sapp was like, I saw actual physical proof or something like that. It's like, oh, okay. So we don't know because, you know, Sean Ross Sapp never showed us what he saw. He just said that he saw something, but never actually, you know, showed it we just had to take his word and now there's a lot of conflicting things of was a ticket purchased for mjf to possibly leave vegas was a ticket not purchased for mjf to possibly leave vegas and that was you know the big misconception saturday night like all night he didn't get on a plane so was there even a plane ticket and and 
John Marsapo Fightful is adamant the, that a plane ticket was purchased, and he had he'd seen proof of it. But Meltzer and 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 um, Dave Meltzer and Brian Alvarez were like, "No, we everything we believe is that there wasn't a plane ticket purchased." But regardless, we're going through Sunday, and we're waiting, and we're waiting, and we're not really hearing anything on MJF, and and AEW puts up a video on YouTube, hyping up the match. And then they tweet out about the video they just put up. And then delete the tweet, which is weird. Then, I want to say maybe an hour and a half or so, maybe two hours before the show was supposed to start, the YouTube video previewing MJF versus Wardlow was essentially kind of taken down, but it was made private. So it never, it didn't, when a video on YouTube, so here's the thing, when a video on YouTube goes private, you can still find it by searching for it, but it will not show up on that channel's actual page. Now, you can click that video if you find it in the search, and it'll tell you video unavailable, set to private. When you click it, that still sometimes, not always, but sometimes, counts as an actual YouTube view, even though you weren't able to view the video. Regardless, it got like 140,000 views. Anyways, then about, I don't know, 30 minutes, 40 minutes before the show was set to start, the video goes back up. Dave Meltzer then tweets out, MJF versus Wardlow, set for 8 p.m., which is the top of the show, the main card, first thing. MJF comes out, they do the match. He gets destroyed, squashed, beat down by Wardlow. They then do the stretcher job. He's put on a stretcher, neck brace. For some reason, they put the, the oxygen mask over his eyes. I don't know. And they wheeled him out with them with Wardlow winning and becoming quote all elite. Then it is reported by Sean Rossap first. First, Sean Rossap was the first one to report this that he was told that MJF got there right before he needed to be there for his match and left as soon as his match was over. On that, Dave Meltzer stated the following on Wrestling Observer Radio. They've come to an agreement, obviously. And him not showing up tells you there's some sort of, a, uh, there's a work, a story. If this was real, Tony would have to give him an ultimatum. Like, if you're not here by 3 o'clock or we're announcing the match is off. So him not being there till 4.30, you, you know he's going to be there. They also have the lineup for the show, the talent. It always had MGF listed as going on first. That did not change at all today. So that tells me him showing up at the last second and then leaving immediately tells me is a storyline. Now, Meltzer's not saying here that the entire thing over the weekend was a work, but that the two sides somehow came to an agreement, they reconciled, and then laid it up and turned it into some sort of a work and a storyline. That is what Meltzer is saying here. So don't get it twisted because I saw some people go, oh, Meltzer's saying that the whole thing was a work over all along. They screwed with the fans and their money and they screwed with the boys in the back and the media. And the no. The initial stuff of MJF not showing up to the meet and greet and apparently also some people, I can't confirm this, PW Insider said they did. But some people said that when MJF was supposed to be at his meet and greet from like 12.45 to 2.15 Pacific time, he was spotted at one point playing slot machines at the Mandalay Bay. But back to this Meltzer thing. 
So Meltzer's not saying that the whole thing is a work, but that they worked something out. They got it to where they could confirm they knew exactly MJF would be there, would would show up, not no show the pay-per-view, and then started thinking of ways, let's turn this into a storyline. How do we make this a work? How do we make this part of the act? After everything was quote-unquote possibly maybe a little bit reconciled. But then, during the post- Double or Nothing Media Scrum. Wrestling Inc. Managing Editor Nick Hausman actually asked Tony Khan to comment on the situation between MJF and AEW, where Tony Khan just stated, quote, I'm not going to comment on that. I've got a lot of stuff on the pay-per-view I can comment on, but I'm not going to comment on that. So again, we don't know what the current relationship is between Tony Khan and MJF and MJF and AEW, and the working relationship, and this and that, but I have a little more information from PW Insider, as according to Mike Johnson over at PW Insider, he does state that MJF is, uh, will be taken off the road for at least the next couple of television tapings. This could potentially be longer. That means that fans shouldn't expect to see MJF on either Dynamite or Rampage in the immediate future, especially this coming week from Los Angeles. So it is unclear if this is a, hey, we're taking you off the road because what you did, or we're taking you off the road to sell the stretcher job against Wardlow, you know, in the Wardlow match. So that's another, you know, question. MJF is not going to be on TV for the next couple of weeks, reportedly, but why? Is he being reprimanded for not showing up to the meet and greet, or is it to sell the injuries from the Wardlow match and the stretcher job at the end of that match? That is everything we do know on the situation where it pertains to MJF and all that. And I got a lone guy as well. Oh, excuse me. Hopefully I hit that mute button properly and you guys didn't hear any of that. Anyways, that's all we know currently right now with the whole weekend situation with MJF. They still believe that MJF is unhappy with all elite wrestling. He wants... Better pay. And here's the other thing we got to talk about. So there was a lot of misconceptions on MJF wants better pay, but doesn't want time added to his contract. MJF's side has stated to multiple outlets that, it, that they are not dumb. They know if they renegotiate a contract to get more pay, unfortunately, more time somehow and an extension or something will need to happen. They're not just going to say, we still want our contract up in 2024, but I also want to make this much more money. No, AEW is going to need something in return as well, like more of a commitment from MJF or even if that's just an extra year at this price and this and that. But the word is that MJF is upset over the pay scale of the company. And, and the word is that he may not be the only one. Apparently, when AEW first started, most of the talent got X amount of money. You know, what you would assume a startup wrestling company can afford to pay this much talent that they brought in at the start. But then more and more people started coming in and these more and more people started coming in for way more money than the people that have been here since the beginning and that are proven draws for the company. MJF is a proven draw for All Elite Wrestling. 
His he is a television draw 100%. His segments never dip. They either stay steady or rise. Most of the time, they rise. But an MJF segment, a quarter that MJF is in, never dips. Now, I can't say never, never. But from what I was able to research, it is like an anomaly if an MJF quarter slash segment ever dipped in the ratings. So that is something to think about as well when he goes, I want more money. I've proven that I'm worth more money. Let's talk. Now, speaking of money, talk about AEW and their ticket sales. As far as AEW and how many tickets they sold, they called it a complete sellout, but according to WrestleTix, that was not the case. According to WrestleTix Patreon, they stated that the AEW Double or Nothing pay-per-view was not a complete sellout, but sold 94.5% of all tickets made available. The T-Mobile Arena was set up for 13,875 tickets to be sold. Out of that, only 300 or only 13,111 tickets got sold with 764 tickets remaining unsold by the time of the start of the show. So with that, well, Double or Nothing was not actually a complete sellout pertaining to how many tickets AEW actually put on, on sale, but it was a huge, huge, huge success to sell 13,111 tickets. That's great. That is tremendous. That is fantastic. This also became the most attended AEW event in history. So that's also cool to hear. Um, it is there. What am I? Hold on. Um, yeah, so it is the most attended AEW show as well, which hold on, wait. How many seats did Grand Slam? I want to look at, look at something really fast, actually, though. I think Grand Slam may have done more. Slam I think, um, yeah, Grand Slam sold 18,000, so this was not the most attended, most attended pay-per-view, got it, so this is the most attended AEW pay-per-view, and okay, here we go, now I found the right, the right information from WrestleTix. So Double or Nothing 2022 was the most attended All Elite Wrestling pay-per-view. It is the sixth most attended AEW event overall. This event comes in behind Grand Slam at Arthur Ashe Stadium, the first ever AEW Dynamite from Washington, D.C. Forbidden Door has already sold more tickets than this. The first dance rampage and the Dynamite this Wednesday at the Forum, the Kia Forum in Los Angeles, California. So this is the sixth most attended AEW show, but the most attended AEW pay-per-view. Okay, I knew I knew that wasn't right. And I think I just read it wrong myself. That's really cool to hear that it was a financial success. A financial success. And we're going to talk about another AEW financial success here in a moment because Tony Khan went on a 
tirade last night, I guess you can say. Speaking of financial successes, but before we do that, I want to talk about the sponsor of this video, Manscaped. Support for Pro Wrestling Unlimited is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created, and they have now released the new Lawnmower 4.0. Their fourth-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to prevent manscaping accidents. Millions of balls are about to be nick-free. Thanks to Manscaped's advanced skin-safe technology. Manscaping accidents, well, they're finally a thing of the past. And I know I've used Manscaped. It's great. When I tell you this product is premium, I mean, well, it's premium. Not only does it smoothly shave your balls, but also you can do it and take your time. Because the battery, well, it'll last up to 90 minutes for a longer shave. Whether that is you shaving your own balls, whether that's your old lady helping you shave your balls or whatnot, well, you guys don't have to rush. And not having to rush also helps from not nicking yourself. One of the coolest features, though, is the LED light, which illuminates the grooming area for an even closer and more precision trim. They've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. You, you don't hear this thing. You turn it on, and you don't hear it at all. You almost think it's not on. It's so quiet. Let's not forget, though, about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a rapid charging dock powered by USB. When I say that this thing is life-changing, I really mean that it's going to be life-changing. Whether that is for you, your woman, or so forth. It's a life-changing experience that you can experience firsthand. Trim that junk. And also... You want to do that? Well, you can do that with our code PWUnlimited. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code PWUnlimited at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Again, get 20% off and free shipping when you use the code PWUnlimited at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com when you use the code PWUnlimited. So I said that Tony Khan talked about another financial success in AEW, and that has to be, well, CM Punk. One second here. So recently, Eric Bischoff said how CM Punk is a, quote, financial flop for AEW. When Tony Khan was asked about this at the media scrum last night, well, he went on what you could say a colorful, profanity-filled rant. I'm going to read it here. Let's get into it. Tony Khan stated, quote, That's a shit opinion. It's the most bullshit opinion I've ever heard. That's fucking bullshit. There's only one person that can attest to that. I don't know what other people... I can only attest to what's happened here and public record. And some of these things are matter of public record. We do have, over the years, a good amount of financial data in pro wrestling. I can tell you, no one wrestler has ever come in and made a bigger plus delta financial difference in the history of my company. He was saying on behalf of Punk. He stated, 
This is the third year anniversary this week. Going into year four, no one person has ever made a more positive impact. We just did a record pay-per-view buy. Every pay-per-view. He's done a four, he's done a four pay-per-view cycle now. Every one of them was the record. Whether it was all out, where he was a huge part of the draw with Darby Allen. His debut, of course, was a huge thing with the first dance. The biggest rampage draw in the history of that show. The matches. He carried the Friday Night War, which, by the way, is a matter of record in fucking court in the state of California that we won the Friday Night War. Just ask Jeremy Divot, because he fucking wrote it. This guy won it versus Matt Seidel, who's a great wrestler. He had a gr another great match on Friday. This fucking guy, he did the fucking Monday Night War. He did the first dance. He's done the record double or nothing. He did the record all out in his debut. He was part of a record full gear in a great match with Eddie Kingston. He's wrestled a bunch of fucking young guys and a bunch of veterans in between there. Will Hobbs, Daniel Garcia. Then he showed up and did the biggest program in terms of everything. TV, buys ever with MJF and then he did a goddamn main event here he's the biggest part of financial success in the history of this company let's fucking go punk thing goes all right, all right, all right. I, I, I think we can calm down I think I think we're done with talking about this punk said I didn't have a twitter war with anybody when talking about uh Merrick Bischoff he said I never mentioned him by name I think people like that just need to die in the dark. I don't need to speak their name and stuff. I'm focused on what we're doing and the positives we bring to the world. Everybody's going to, everybody's got a shit opinion. Just leave him, have, let him have it. Tony Khan then tried to keep going on on this and, and MG, or not MGF, um, Punk was like, calm down. It, we're good. We didn't talk about this anymore. And I was like, girl, Tony Khan went off. Tony Khan was not happy about that and went off. And I've seen this moment from the scrums be very dis de decisive, not decisive, divisive, very split by wrestling fans. By some saying, awesome, he's standing up for his company. He's standing up for his wrestler, his now world champion. But then I've also seen others do the whole, oh, he's a mark. He doesn't want people talking bad about him or his favorite wrestler, CM Punk. So he's going to go out there. And he's going to cuss up a storm to sound cool and, and edgy. He's just a mark. So it's like, this is very decisive. And the fans on this are very split on what they think of Tony Khan as far as him going off on Eric Bischoff. So, I mean, I can see both ways where it's like, hey, maybe you, you didn't need. I like the passion. But maybe you didn't need all the expletives. You didn't need all the shits and bullshits and, and fucks and this and that. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Maybe he could have done it in a little more professional way. But in my opinion, it's good to hear somebody stand up for their talent like that. But at the same time, it did kind of make him sound a little unprofessional, childish, and more of a fan than a guy running this company, in my opinion. So I see it both ways with more on the side of he's sticking up for his stuff, his stuff and his guys. Now, speaking of CM Punk being the world champion, well, 
Everyone now wants to know what is next for CM Punk. Who could CM Punk be challenged by first for the world title? And CM Punk did talk about this a little bit last night at the scrum, where he he was asked about what is next. Yeah, I was asked about Forbidden Door, and he said, quote, I think Okada, Tanahashi, Osprey, guys like that, I'm looking forward to stepping in the ring with. AEW talent. I always think number one will be a with a bullet is going to be Brian Danielson. I've never wrestled John Moxley. I've wrestled Dean Ambrose. Well, that's an interesting matchup. There's still guys on my list that I've never wrestled with. Jungle Boy, Ricky Starks. I could probably finish out my career wrestling FTR every day for the rest of my life, and it could be different and fun every single time. Will Hobbs is another guy that I think has all the potential in the world. We've got a really stacked roster. It's almost a crime that we can't do everybody justice at once. But I think we're getting there with baby steps. I think we're learning. I think we make mistakes, but instead of dwelling on it and punishing other people or ourselves, I think we move on and try to learn from things. But Brian Danielson will be the first guy that comes to mind. Very selfishly, I love to wrestle him. Now, if you remember, these two have had a storied rivalry over a world title back in the day. Punk actually wrestled Brian. Um, when was it again? Now I'm trying to remember. He wrestled Brian a couple of times. Wait, it may not have been. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah. I know they wrestled a couple of times, but maybe it wasn't for the belt. Wait, nope. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go. Ranking, uh, um, so they wrestled in 2004 in Ring of Honor. They wrestled in 2005 in FIP. A couple of times. And then they started their run in WWE in 2012. They wrestled a, match on, a couple of matches on Raw. They wrestled it over the limit. More matches on Raw. And Money in the Bank. Where it was kind of like over AJ. But I don't believe... Now that I'm looking at this, I don't believe they've ever fought for the title. Which is an interesting thing to look at. Punk wants to defend his title against Danielson. I don't think he's ever, quote-unquote, defended, <gasps> excuse me, defended a title against Danielson. I think in 2012 on SmackDown... One was the U.S. champion. One was the... Oh, here we go. Here we go. Now I found it. This is what I was thinking of. It was not a title match. It was CM Punk as the WWE champion wrestled Brian Danielson, Daniel Bryan, as the world heavyweight champion. That's the closest they've gotten to, to a title match. Where it wasn't a title match, it was champion versus champion. but I don't believe they ever wrestled when Punk was the champion. And I'm trying to look. See if I can find anything here, but I don't believe, again, they ever fought for the, oh, wait, was the Over the Limit match for the title. That's what we got to look at. Hold on one second. Over the Limit 2012. Um, 
Boom. WWE Over the Limit 2012. There we go. It was. It was for the title. Okay. CM Punk defeated Daniel Bryan to retain the WWE Championship in a 24-minute match at Over the Limit 2012. That's what it was. Okay. See, I was thinking they did wrestle for the belt, but I wasn't sure. Then the only thing that would come up at first was the champion versus champion match. So there we go. There we go. It was Over the Limit 2012. The title was on the line. But they're two different people now. Different wrestlers. Not the same at all. Now, keeping with AEW and Double or Nothing, we've got to talk about, well, two new people that have signed with All Elite Wrestling, and that's Stokely Hathaway and Athena. And we saw them debut in the exact same segment last night. So last night, we saw Jade Cargill taking on and defending the TBS Championship against Anna Jay. There's a lot of stuff going on in this match where at one point, Mark Sterling tried to come down and distract the referee, but he successfully distracted the referee. Um, but that then led to Anna Jay stealing his crutch, using it on Jade. Jade did eventually win and retain the title. The baddies came out. Baddies came out. They tried to triple team on Anna Jay when Chris Statlander would come out. Chris Statlander would come out to make the save. They were still a numbers down. When out would come the former Ember Moon, Athena. Athena would make her way out to the ring to even the numbers, and it was the baddies. Well, Jade and the baddies against, it was Jaden the baddies, Jade, Red Velvet, Hero Hogan, against Anna Jay, Chris Statlander, and Athena. One second, I got a message I need to check really fast. Um, um, okay, this is nothing yet, but something I may need to leak into later today. So, this all goes down. Also in the same segment, the former Malcolm Bivens, Stokely Hathaway, would make his way out to the ring as well. Mark Sterling was taken out by John Silver during the title defense, which then led to all the chaos, which then led to Stokely Hathaway coming out. And when Tony Khan was asked about Stokely Hathaway signing with All Elite Wrestling, that deal literally came up yesterday. That was all put together in one day because legally, Tony Khan was not allowed to speak to Stokely Hathaway till yesterday because of his WWE 30-day non-compete. 30-day non-compete, the final day of that was Saturday. Now, he probably talked to Stokely through mediaries, but no official in AEW was allowed to speak to Stokely until Sunday. Sunday was the first time that they met and spoke. He is now the new manager of Jade. He is all elite along with Athena, and there we go. Former Malcolm Bivens, Stokely Hathaway, and the former Ember Moon, Athena, are now signed to All Elite Wrestling. And, and, Tony Khan was asked, why wasn't Athena the Joker? Why not bring her in in the Owen tournament? And basically said, the Joker was always going to be Britt's opponent. The Joker was always going to lose. And I didn't want Ember coming in and actually losing. Plus, I always like to have some sort of big debut on the pay-per-view. So that's why Athena was never the Joker because, well, he didn't want her losing her first match in the company and the Joker always had to lose to Britt Baker. Now, finally, we've got our only WWE story. Well, technically. 
as it pertains to The Rock's daughter and her new name in WWE. Back in February of 2020, WWE made a big, 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 big deal that they have signed the oldest daughter of Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Simone Johnson. Made a big deal to where they did a big old YouTube video interview about it where they had um, Kathy Kelly interview Johnson at the Performance Center and this and that, and we haven't seen her since. We know she's had one, maybe two knee surgeries since signing with WWE. But it looks like Johnson could be coming in sooner than we think. Yesterday, at about 10, 10.30 a.m. Pacific time, a tweet was sent out with a gif of, and I don't know what movie this is in reference to, but I do know that it is the same actress that plays Vicky Valancourt in The Waterboy. So if anybody knows what movie this is a reference to, let me know. But she sent out a gif of her just kind of like smiling and like, but it was to be noted that she changed her name on Twitter from Simone Johnson to at Ava Rain WWE. Now, WWE trademarked the name Ava Rain back on May 13th. People quickly began um, criticizing WWE and Simone for, no, this is not, trust me, Melvin, The Waterboy is my favorite movie of all time. This is Vicky Valancourt from The Waterboy, but... The GIF is not her character in The Waterboy. Trust me. Trust me. I can literally reenact that entire movie, The Waterboy, with my eyes closed without watching the movie any day of the week. I know The Waterboy forwards and backwards. It is my all-time favorite movie. Anyways. So everyone starts criticizing. Oh, why aren't you the, you know, John Simone Johnson and this and that and the name and blah, 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 blah. And she clapped back a little bit. To basically, well, first off, to Louis Dangor of uh, Give Me Sport. So Louis Dangor, and I'm going to pull this up on the screen here. Is this not wanting to go? <clears throat> so Louis tweets out, Louis, great guy, great guy. Louis a great guy. Louis tweets out. Not portraying Ariana Grace as Santino Morella's daughter is one thing. Given Simone Johnson, the daughter of The Rock. Un- giving Simone Johnson, the daughter of The Rock, a new name is completely nonsensical. Withhold judgment until she debuts, but if WWE doesn't acknowledge her dad as The Rock, that's ridiculous. Johnson then said, thanks, Louie. Very encouraging. Then quote tweeted it again, stating... I probably sound like a broken record, and hopefully this is the last I'll mention this, but I don't understand why people being portrayed as separate individuals from their family name is such a heated topic. A name doesn't discredit any prior accomplishments from any family. He would then go on to state, I could build my entire career around my father, and people would still bash me anyways. He would then send out this from Real Housewives, and then finally this last one. And I'm not trying to ignore or undermine all the sweet comments. And I support, and support I get. Thank you, guys. Basically, she's like, I want to, you know, forge my own path. I want to be my own person. I don't want to rest on my laurels and just coast because of who my family is. And here's the thing. 
That's what The Rock wanted to do initially. So when WWE technically first signed The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, Dewey, as some call him, Vince sent him to Memphis, and they said, you need a name, you need a persona, you need a wrestling name. And he got all these different suggestions that says, I want to be Flex Kavana. And everyone's like, why? What? Huh? No, you need to be Rocky this, or Maya Via that, or da da da. And he's like, no, I'm going to be Flex Kavana because I want people to get to know me. Also, I think it's a cool name. That's what he said. So, and they depict this in the second to last episode of um, Young Rock. So it is very timely. This whole thing is very timely right now. But he said that he wanted to be Flex Kavana. He's like, yeah, I could be the Rock. He's like, I can be Rocky Jr. or, you know, Dwayne Johnson or Dwayne Maivia or this. And, you know, he, he said, I could be any of those names. But I want to be something new, something different. I want to be me. Flex Kavana. They're like, what's Flex Kavana? Well, well, Flex Kavana. He goes, well, Flex, because, you know, you got to show how swole you are. And two, Kavana sounds like a, a badass Polynesian name. Anyways. He initially didn't want to have that family name connection as well. He's then, you know, wrestling in Memphis for a little while. And then Jerry Lawler tells him, kid, I have to beat you tonight as well. Getting called up. Writing you off. Vince McMahon's calling you up. He goes, he has the meeting with Vince McMahon. And Vince says, hear me out. Here's the plan. You're going to debut Madison Square Garden. I like that. My dad and my grandfather both wrestled at MSG. Now I get to wrestle at MSG as Flex Kavana. And Vince goes, no. That name is stupid. You're going to be Rocky Maivia. That's where the Rocky Maivia name came from. He claims, The Rock claims that his mom actually came up with the name first, but each their own. But it's the thing where he didn't want to just be known for, oh, I'm Rocky Johnson's son. He wanted to try and forge his own path. And now that's what his daughter may be wanting to do. Now, maybe she's just towing the company line and they said, nope, you can't use any name that you can use outside of our company. You need a real new name. But the way she's talking is, hey, I could be Simone Johnson and everyone knows I'm the Rock's daughter and everyone goes, oh yeah, Johnson, Dwayne, yep, okay, whatever. Or I can be my own person. And that's what it sounds like she wants to do, be her own person. So, more power to her, but now the big question is, she's got that new WWE name. How soon till she debuts? I doubt she debuts this week, whether that is at the paper or uh, NXT on Tuesday or at In Your House on Saturday, but there is a possibility that they do like a video package at In Your House saying, Ava Rain coming soon. You know what I mean? Maybe. Maybe. That'd be a cool place to do it. Put the video package on in your house where you're going to get a lot of eyeballs because it's a premium live event. And then say coming soon and play the package for like two, three weeks, maybe four. And then debut her on NXT. Is she ready? We don't know. Nobody knows. But with that, that is all I got. And we're going to wrap up the wrap up. With that, I do want to state... Oh, wait, what was the Nick in the chat? What does Nick have to say about this? Nick says, the fact that WWE is so comfortable building somebody up only to drop it 100% when they want, it's silly. Why even establish anybody? You got a point there, Nick. 
you've got a point there to where you build somebody up under one name. Here's a great example, LA Knight. You build him up on NXT as LA Knight. He's the does stuff with Cameron Grimes and Ted DiBiase. He becomes a million-dollar champion and all this stuff. And we finally go, okay, he's no longer Eli, Eli Drake. He's LA Knight. We hated the name at first, but now it's grown on us. And then he comes to SmackDown, and he is Max Dupree. I am Max Dupree. And it's like, oh. So that's what Nick's talking about here. To invest in somebody under one name only to then change it is weird and, and silly. But with that, that is going to wrap up the wrap-up. As far as tonight's Monday Night Raw does go, we actually do know of five things for that show. Cody Rhodes is going to respond to Seth Rollins. We've got a contract signing between Lashley, Omos, and MVP. Lacey Evans will have her first match in like over a year, well over a year. Bianca Belair will go one-on-one with Asuka. And Riddle and Nakamura will team up to take on the Usos in a championship contenders match. Remember, we will be live tonight on Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube, reviewing and recapping everything that goes down on tonight's Monday Night Raw. So again, I want to thank everybody who joined us here on Twitch for the wrestling wrap-up. Remember, if you missed any of this show, it will be available almost immediately after on YouTube or audio version will be up on podcast platforms all around the world as well. So again, if you don't want to watch on Twitch or you missed any of it on Twitch, the video on demand, the VOD will be up on Twitch, but... You can also go view it when we make it available over on YouTube as well. So with that, again, guys, I want to say thank you for joining me here. Twitch.tv forward slash PWUnlimited if you're watching live. Thank you for joining us here on YouTube if you're watching later or podcast platforms all around the world. Have a great rest of your Monday. I'll see you next time. Have a good one, guys.